Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! It's marketing. It's money. It's a podcast. It's Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.bank. Dot com. Sorry. You know, ah. I'm not the dot bank guy. You know that. Anyway. Well, we, if you we, like dot bank, get your dot bank on. If not, get your dot com on. I can. Yeah. So It uh, depends on how much you have invested in your dot com. It's true. I, think I, it's the I am ready for some spring weather. I don't know about you, but it's it's time for the groundhog to go away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, um I watched that golf tournament this weekend. By the way, Dominic Baselli, congratulations. That's our Renaissance golfer. He finished in the top twenty. He's getting back on the on on the Schneid. Is that the good way to say it or the bad way to say it? I don't it? know the Schneid. I don't know either. But anyway, Nikes? He, the, the, he's on the Schneid. He's back playing. He's back. He's making money. He's wearing that Renaissance logo, looking good for the brand on TV. And now I want to play some golf because it's wet and cold, and I haven't gotten to play in a couple months. And hey, well, guess that time to scratch that itch. And then we're going to Seattle. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna go find Pearl Jam and hang out with them. But actually, we'll have already been to Seattle when this thing yeah goes live. But anyway, we'll, we'll have stories from Seattle. That could be a podcast into itself. That is stories from Seattle. Two wasn't rednecks. Sleep, wasn't Sleepless in Seattle a thing? No, that was a thing. Kid like Meg Ryan or somebody and Billy Crystal or something. No, that was Tom Hanks. Was it Tom Hanks? Uh, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal were um, when Harry met Sally. Oh, did, but Harry didn't meet Sally in Seattle. I don't know what Tom Hanks' character was because they also made that exact same mail. movie with You've Got Mail. <laughs> I, yeah. And AOL just got a great brand out of that, didn't they? Yeah, survived all the way up until last year. They did, didn't they? Sustained them. Speaking of sustaining... And stains. Tied clean clothes. What do you want to talk about today, Mr. Mabus? Um, I, how about, you know, me, I'm Mr. Pet Peeve, peevish, peevishly, peeverson. Last week, two weeks ago, we talked about, last show, we talked about what you learn at conferences. And I kept kind of hinting at some of the things... Conferences are good, associations are good, but just like anything else, you have to know what to listen to and what not to listen to. I will be speaking in a couple of weeks, and I got all inspired to do that, which is good. Somebody asked me, to, as they were interviewing me, to become part of a conference, a speaker at a conference, New England Financial Marketers, they said, what do you see as the, the next trend in banking? I was like, well, you know, it's a great question. It really is, because if we can figure it out, then, then we're ahead. I don't know that I would necessarily share it with you or with anybody else, listener. I would go share, share, keep it to myself. But you can't. I said what what I really see happening, or what what should be the future of sustained banking, is actually doing the fundamentals correctly. We talk a lot about strategy here. We talked a lot more about it in the beginning and and went into tactics. And I think we could bring it back to strategy, but. It's really on not following every breeze. I call people that follow every every new topic a windsock. You just go whichever way the prevailing wind is blowing. So I think the future of bank marketing is not getting excited about every new trend in front of you. Oh, millennials, I've got to get my millennial plan. Big and, data, big, social media. Yeah, and you go AI. You go halfway do it. Voice. You don't know, voice of the customer, customer journey, 
um, customer journey roadmap, uh, chatbot. So a great example of this was an article that I saw on the LinkedIn by notorious marketing poster Tom Goodwin. Does I is he a fictional character? No, no, no. He's real. He's real. And I want to meet him. I do Tommy, too. Tom, he's I know because you hear, you see every comment. I think he's British, but he sees every comment on LinkedIn. This guy's like, I'm. I'm he's a LinkedIn machine. Yes. He's listening right now. I'm, I'm, he's already heard. He's listening to this. We're going to tag him. Literally now, see if he responds. Recorded. If if we tag you and you respond, you will receive another mention in another podcast. Tom. He has. Different from coach hair, like he has upside down coach hair. His hair's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of amazing, there was an article from an interview that he did that I caught, and I'm very poorly going to paraphrase this, but it was called "Getting Away from the Pimp My Ride Mentality from MTV," where the guy would take the clunker. You remember the story? Mm-hmm. They'd, and then they put rims in a stereo system. They'd yeah, they'd they'd fix the car up, make it look awesome. Uh, but his example was to well, they would. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome in a certain genre of You like popcorn dog? Yeah, exactly. So the point to that, the point to his whole thing was banking as a traditional industry and other marketing industries, and again, I'm weekly, weekly describing this, is the engine's still terrible, the inside's still bad, like the stuff that makes it actually work and do do what it do is not good, but you're trying to put the rims on it and a new paint job and a new look and kind of like we do with marketing, we try to make everything look real pretty, but is the is the are the fundamentals still being done? I mean, you're sitting here with a line of customers at your bank that could be depositing on mobile, but instead you're out here worrying about new voice stuff. Well, they're not even using the current technology you've unrolled and put with them, and yet you're going to argue, well, we need voice, and we need AI, and we need all this other stuff, but you haven't even gotten them to use the stuff they have right now. And yeah. that's where I, I find, I think your speech will be, probably leading in this direction is you got to do well at what's already there and expected before you can move on to all this future candy great stuff it's all neat and pretty and shiny but hey your call center has a three-minute call wait oh well yes and there are things you can affect so i I, i'll speak more and and even now speak more of the things that we can affect so one of those a great example of this is going out and and chasing ADA compliance on a website that that's not even good to begin with. That doesn't work for anybody. <laughs> Let's make it work for for everybody. That's my point. Is like, but you're so you're you're picking different little kind of pockets yeah. of demographics. But it doesn't sighted, work. It doesn't work on mobile. It doesn't work for sighted or for. I mean, like, it, well, it, it doesn't it, work for anybody. It doesn't work for any um, whatever your phone computer. Like, it just it doesn't work. Right, and and so you have a thing that probably at least partially in your wheelhouse as a marketer and you're out doing this very specific thing for a very specific reason because you got the scary letter and, and you you had to but by getting that letter it, it further distracts you it's yet another breeze distracting you from just making a great website if you're listening to this hate to be critical but you probably have a bad website from what i'm from what i've seen it is making a good banking website is difficult. How many bank websites did y'all go through when y'all were kind of looking at redoing some of the latest ones? About 700, 700 or so? And out of those, how many would you say are websites that you would not put the Mabus brand on as you did, but if you were at a conference and they said, show me how many good bank websites out of 700, what would you say? And I know that's an approximate number, but what would you say are good ones? Four. <laughs> Four. I mean, I would put my name around four of them. That you didn't do because I'm not I didn't trying do to. Them. Yeah, um, 400 of them. I remember the number of like 426 
being like the some of the all-time worst examples of websites for, for not banking for websites yeah so one of the big problems um that i saw on both sides of those 400 two things were, were qualifiers for that bad list one is your website fixed width for like 1998 so in in the olden days of website design in days of old you had the, the, old. the big tube monitor the big beige thing on your on your desk crt and you designed websites to be 640 by 480 640 pixels wide by 480 pixels tall because that was like the smallest universal size it was 1024 by 768 and you kept going to 1920 and all that it automatically makes a website feel dated even if you don't understand the basis of why the website looked like that so you so you see this you open your 1920 by 1080 this widescreen pixel dense display and you see a business card of a website homepage right in the middle of it you don't know why but it feels dated the other side is tied into that, and that's lack of mobile compatibility. It does not; it's not mobile responsive, or there's not a separate well, mobile, mobile site. Mobile first is real, yeah, and it's a thing. And every trend I see, and and we had four at this time; it'll be three or four weeks ago. The H and R Block, Dave Pond, that works with you, mm-hmm. and uh, that came from the digital side at H and R Block, and and there's people doing their taxes on mobile now, and you can imagine how much data that takes to input. Now, getting it's it's getting a lot more automated, but if you have that much data being entered into mobile area, and you're talking about the ecosystem of mobile, it's got to be mobile first now. I mean, I know there's a lot of us at our bank, and I'm one of the ones that's this in this category. I'm on the move so much, and that's not to be like oh humble brags, whatever. Like I'm in our branches, I'm going around. Yeah, when I when I sit down in front of my desktop, it's it's not to just answer emails. I've been doing that with my phone all day long. It's it's to actually type out some memo or something, some plan of what I've got to do from when I've been traveling. I don't sit down in front of my computer and go, "Oh, let me look at my banking." And let me, no, that's done on mobile now. And and I don't sit down in front of there and just look at computer sales and look at mobile device sales and look at mobile device trends. The screens are getting bigger and better. And laptops and desktops are selling less and less and less. I mean, so that means there are fewer buyers. I mean, that, that's what that means, and that means there's fewer users. Yet we're, we're talking about mobile and responsive web design like it's a new thing. I mean, now I'll say this about responsive web design. I remember, and I don't remember the day or the, even the year I could go back and look at and be better prepare, prepared for a podcast, but I remember that going to bed one day, or leaving work one day and getting back the next day, and there was no such thing as responsive the day before, and the next day responsive was a thing. I remember that. It was like, you know, 2011, 2012 maybe. I don't know. If anybody, somebody can fact check me on that. But I remember – now, that, that doesn't mean it was – it existed the day before, but I heard of it, and then it was just a, a thing, and you had to do it. And we're still talking about it. I mean, it was more than five years ago. So that was one of the things that kicked it out. Again, items that you have responsibility over as a marketer, not not the call time, not necessarily the call wait time or the, the online account opening um, form, but your website. Sorry to, to say that, but I mean, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't say that. And now since that, that time, there, there are a lot of people catching up in different ways. But I looked at, at a, a, a potential client's website that, that still had that fixed width website, and they looked at the examples of our website, and it was talking about the difference. 
And it was, oh, your websites fill up the page. Oh, it's it's funny. I think I was maybe it was Tom that I referred to earlier. Somebody else said one time, you know, I'll believe all this computers take over the world AI nonsense when they can tell me when my light bulb's going to go out. Yeah, I, they can tell me when I'm going to turn the the light on. And like just simple things that when I'm out of trash bags, something like just simple things that you don't know when you need to get. And yeah. I think banks, we all fall into the the shiny and new. Let's get a chatbot that responds in the chatbots. First of all, I I went through and tested a bunch of banks chatbots, and they are chapped butts, is what I call them, because it's terrible. They try to give you an automated response to save time, but it what it ends up doing is costing that consumer more frustration because they can't get the specific answer they want. Well, and it's normally got, about their account. It is. It is. It's the it's the it's the biggest marketing and sales mistake banks make is trying to give you what they want you to have versus what you need to have. And you're sitting there going, I need to redo my password. I need to find a phone number to call this. And it's going, do you need student checking or would you like an account that pays interest? Or they no, send I need you- this. Would you like a mortgage today or would you like this? Hold on while Jenny gets back with you about your password code. And then it gets back and goes, have you checked out our latest rates on our CDs? And you're going, wait, Dude, I, can't. I just needed a phone number. Right. Or... It's they refer you to a page that you could have found on your, that you already went to and, and, and didn't see what. Please refer to our website. Uh, that's how I got yeah, to you was from your website. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I'm sure any vendor would call us and say, "Well, you don't understand the real value and the usage case." Well, train your clients better because or program it better. I mean, it's just not working. So, my point is, you can chase, and John's point is, you can chase whatever. And here's what I've done. I I have focused it into five key areas that if you're not doing these things, you don't need to do anything else. And this is all of these touch basically 100% of your customer base. There can be variations within it. And if you don't score an A on all five items, don't go do another thing. Oh, I know. I know. And, and, And we've talked about this before, too, is mobile apps. And the thing that frustrates me about them is you can't see other banks' mobile apps unless you're a customer. So you just assume everybody's, so you just assume everybody's the same, everybody's mm-hmm. good. And I think you're doing your, yourself a disservice as a marketer if you don't have four or five different banking accounts with your at least your competitors, if not some other ones, put whatever the minimum is there plus a little bit more and just look at it, make a couple transactions, see if they have a P2P product, see if they have an FM. Um, well, well, everybody's like, I know so-and-so bank has this. And nobody do, do does. You? Executive do management's you? like, so-and-so bank kills us on their app. I mean, do they have a PFM? Do they have mobile check deposit? Do they have transfer? Do they have, I mean, even the old table stakes of bill pay. Uh, do they have the ability? And some of the stuff we don't have. So I'm not, I'm, I'm talking about industry. I'm not talking about our, what I manage specifically, because a lot of it has to do with bureaucracies, core systems, legacy contracts. And different departments. And different departments. I mean, the ability to turn on and off your debit card if you lose it. Uh, to me, that's not as big a deal but some people really but want when that. you it yeah. gives you a lot of confidence yeah so earlier i said five things and i was looking at you to like give like what are those five things hey josh yes what are those three things i'm gonna give you those three plus two more yes bonus, bonus. <laughs> so if you're not doing these five things well and these are also your tactical takeaways first is foundation now, I'm not saying you can do all of these by yourself. You're not going to have to have – you're not going to be able to have um, autonomy and do this without buy-in. But first, your foundational materials. So that is your brand. Um, that could even be your branch design, your core website. And I'll talk a little bit more about what the difference between that is. And so, as I said earlier, not everybody's doing those well. Bank brands aren't great, but you got what you got. 
and your website, if it's not functional or fully functional, you may be behind. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. We'll pick it up on another podcast. You can go back and listen to one of the other ones about what makes a good website. But your foundational materials, looking at looking at those, you don't need to be out making a millennial P2P plan if your website sucks. Yeah. You don't. So it, it's a waste of time because you're missing everybody else. Well, usually 90% of your website visits are people trying to log in. Yeah. So if you don't have already a good whatever you want to call it when you log in if your online banking is not some banks on here some banks listening to this could just make like the google bar like just log into your online bank i think we probably could just google bar it's a login bar because all the other stuff they're not going to look at it yeah i'm I'm here to check my balance so so foundational that's your brand website branch location how do you find me yeah uh, that's a foundation thing yeah that that's it your locations engine so so that um just tonight because i got two more plus your bonus two actually it is five foundational materials next is an acquisition plan three this is three this is two two yeah. well one was long that's good what you're giving like this is the this is a bonusing bonus today <laughs> double a lot of volume one is foundation yeah two is attraction i thought you said it was m&a <laughs> no oh when did i bring up m&a i don't know are you you just are you from the future? Did you I come am. in from another podcast? I am. I am. So just so everybody's following along, one is foundation, two is mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> one is foundation, two is attraction. He messed up my flow in the last one, so I'm getting my. Yes, come it's up fine. I'm I'm coming up on this one. All right, so so we're here to help other people. So okay. we're going. Attraction is generally what you you're probably doing at any point in time. It is acquiring new customers, new clients. That might be brand advertising, that might be specific rate advertising. This is the the biggest bucket and probably where you're going to spend most of your time at any given time, but do you have an A+ plus in your attraction plan? Does it balance out? Are you looking at your ROI? So this is what we normally talk about again, not going to get very deep into into attraction. Pretty self-explanatory. That's your TV spots, your your um, newspaper, if you're doing that, billboard, just general advertising. Well, how's your brand look? That's yes. it. Attracting it. Well, well, how is your brand communicating? One is how is your brand structured, but then what in action, what is your brand doing? So you've attracted new clients, hopefully. Three is onboarding. Do you have an A-plus in how you onboard new clients? Are you telling them what type of bank you are in all of your – how's your brand communicating again? I'm, I'm, uh, you're here with a personal DDA account, but we're really good at commercial and industrial lending. Well, maybe I'm at the wrong place. Or, or you know, any number of things. Onboarding – I don't have any numbers for you. I don't have any data. But if you attract customers, then you onboard them well. I dare say that you're going to do a better job of retaining them in the future. and They're going to understand what type of bank you are. They're not going to do that Oh, I didn't know you had this. Well, I hate to say it, but retention is the easy part of banking. And no one ever wants to admit that. Well, because but people don't want to leave. They don't leave. And only 30% from every survey we've seen, only 30% would even consider leaving at any time. I mean, you can talk about banks that have had been drugged through the mud for stuff they might have done or might not have done, regulation issues. We won't mention any names here specifically, but to that point, they don't lose customers. They don't. Because it's now, too hard to they might lose growth. They might lose growth, but they don't lose customers. I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating as a banker because it's really hard to onboard someone once they're loaded up with bill pay and mobile and their passwords and they got a mortgage and they're tied in with a HELOC and but they got all that stuff. They don't move. But who's doing a good job of that? Yeah. And, and not only that, 
like the switch kit industry, like these people that drop these like pre-approved switch kits, I've looked at them. Uh, yeah, they're they're no right, and we've talked about that in previous uh, ma- making somebody feel like a client, not only not losing them and retaining them, but setting it up for the cross sell, sell setting it up that we are a bank that provides you value instead of this just transactional thing. Like I checked all my transactional boxes, and now you're a customer. Well, funny to that there <clears throat> there's studies on uh and communications that you can look up on uh M and A, and it says basically what? does this keep going? Because this is to the retention okay. conversation that you should expect to lose around 5%. And mm-hmm. if you lose 10%, then that's... You're still okay. Kinda, you're okay, but you've kind of like... You, th- that would happen Anything if you didn't market, it, if you yeah. did anything. And you don't go over 10% because it, it rarely happens. It rarely happens that 10% will ever... Li- so you think you're, you do an M&A and it, it fails. 90% is still what you're going to keep. Yeah. And it just shows you how hard it is so... Retention, other than rate-driven retention, mm-hmm. I mean, you got CDs changing, you got somebody dropping a some type of private client mortgage or something to get swimming in the door. But other than that, retention is the easy part of banking. You right. have to keep updating your systems, but that's the easy part. Attraction and acquiring, that's the hard part. It is, and that's where I said you spend most of your time. But once you do it, so many people are squandering opportunities and they're not thinking about what to continue to do because the next one, which is really synonymous with cross-sell for me, but it's nurturing. And once you can talk through your staff to get them away from I'm selling or get get them off of, well, I've, I don't want to sell a new product. Well, the consumer doesn't know what they need. I mean, safe deposit box, like the, the little redhead stepchild of, of, of banking. But if somebody comes up to your teller window, it's like, man, I, I'm just really worried that, you know, my, I don't know where to put my, Tornadoes coming through, and I need my my passport, passport and and some some keepsakes. You you are doing them a disservice if you don't bring up. And I would dare say that most people would bring up a safe deposit box, and that's one thing. But nurturing that relationship, we have so much data on our clients, so much, and I again banks doing poor jobs of of using marketing automation to nurture them to something else that they could use. We have other industries doing these predictive analytics. You talk about your your refrigerator texting you when you're almost out of milk. I mean, we know everybody's spending habits, and we can say, hey, listen. Oh, you can get in your debit cards and see everything everybody spends. If you spends. just – I'm telling you, client, if you did this, this, and this, you would be making $300 more, more a month. Yeah. Now – Liability alarms go off, and then oh, all when of I this. say you know it, you don't disclose it. Yeah, you don't. No one's, and I know this for a fact that our bank. You don't disclose we're, it. We're publicly. not pulling up. We're not pulling up debit card data and going, oh, we know that so and so down the street is buying this. No, because no, we we're not. Pu- well, with with the Reson IT team, there there are some valuable things happening for customers. But I mean, universally in the banking industry, there's advice. There's even anonymous insights that, that you can give to advance well, that. Well, PFM, for instance. Yes. You can, someone, they give permission to put their stuff on a scraper where at the end of the day it scrapes the material, it, it dissects, and they can look and say, oh, you're paying 22% on this credit card. We could offer you one for 15%. Right. Or they look and they say, you're paying 6% on a mortgage, which hopefully you're not, but if it's some legacy, legacy mortgage, you could. And you right. go say, you know, or maybe right just, now is 4%. So let's or maybe go they that. just paid off their mortgage ins- or their mortgage insurance. Yeah, because they didn't go back and refi it. Yeah, and, and you're looking at it, and you can see that, and you go, okay, so they're, they're, you're giving your customer a benefit of dealing with you because you have information that, yeah, might seem a little like, oh, big brotherish, but 
But do it within but regulations. As long as you're showing, we talk about showing value. And my point is, is that number three? Show value. That is four. That's nurture. Nurture's four. What was three? Three M&A. is onboard. It was M&A. Onboarding through M&A. You did make it about M&A. Onboard your client to set them up for nurturing. And the last is is the is is actually the, M&A. Is actually not M&A, but is where you'll spend the least amount of time. And that's retargeting and remarketing. Because this not only ties in to, to your bank, to your clients that are that you might feel are about to leave, which would be somewhere between 30 and 5%. That, that could even leave versus are going to leave. Looking at those markers within your data set and saying, hey, this person is unhappy for some reason. That, but not forgetting that you spent money with awareness in step two and attraction. You, you, you got people part of the way down the road towards banking with you. So, question. I'm, mm-hmm. throwing, you, I'm throwing you a curve hook. Fast, a curve hook. A fast spitball, a curve slide. hook, slider, off speed change up yeah there's the food called cookies so i'm not going to give you the opportunity to mm-hmm. haze me on cookies and then there's cookies like on your phone or on mm-hmm. your computer i understand what it is tell the audience if you understand how it exactly works it's just an identifier it's a unique identifier that says that can carry a lot of information it can prevent you from having to log back in if it's a non-secure portal that, that you don't have to re-identify yourself yeah. it's it's basically an identifier that carries some sort of information so towards retargeting and remarketing that's where i was going with it say you have attracted somebody to your website through two through attraction we got you or we spent x number of dollars they consumer. clicked on a facebook ad it said go here to our website they yep. clicked on it they're now on your site yep. and you have an investment with them yes and so they look at your website and let's say whatever their click path is and this is we could do a whole podcast that we won't do because it's way too in-depth on using people's click path to assume behavior like if you went Hmm, i think we need to do that if you went from here to here to here that tells a different story than if you took another path or just typed it in yeah well like if you go check your bank account and then go to mortgage that tells you something like "Eh, maybe i don't know if i can you know what my payment is amount of time yeah whatever those things may be but Using that data to then go back and feed them information, relevant information, through other web experiences. So they go to Facebook, and we feed them an ad that had to do with not only where they landed, but hopefully um, assessing their entire click path Yeah, with a specific message. It, that's the rarefied error. That's the difficult thing to do is like, hey, are you worried about making a payment on your new house? Have you tried this? So should you have cookies turned on or turned off on your browser or your phone you know that depends on how paranoid you are and what what data you want to i get. like personalized stuff so i leave mine i'll give you for a, the most part i leave it on there's some i've turned off on the i'll top, give you a very relevant um this is like the ceo who has his secretary or admin assistant or whatever open their mail and and only give them what they think is relevant to the ceo you you make decisions in a vacuum that's relevant, saves you time and all that. I could I could defend that. But on the other side, you might not know about something that that you need to know about. I'll give I'll give a very relevant example of this. I was looking for um, HR management system for my company. We we've got enough people that we need a software, kind of like an intranet, but not really that you log into your request time off, you see your pay stub, you know, all that stuff. 
So I was looking for software to help manage HR, to um, bring in pay stub information, um, all that stuff that you need from a, from a growing company, um, request time off, all of that. And I'd been looking, and I, I Googled, and I found you know four or five contenders that I wasn't really excited about. And I'm on Instagram a few days later, and for whatever reason, these people paid more for associated data than they did for S- for search engine optimization. And so I found out about, I'll, I'll name the company, it's called Gusto. And it need, it had everything we needed. It's a beautiful platform or a creative agency. You know, your people a lot of need, Gusto. Yeah, a lot of Gusto. And we found them because we did, it's not exactly, it's relevant data versus I went to Gusto's site and they came back and remarketed to me. But if I would have had that turned off, I wouldn't have found a very good system. So the internet can help you. I think the, the one area that gets it, and I, I would say, I, I hate to, everyone knows, but we're, an industry that gets this is the travel industry because you go to Travelocity or you go to a a site where you're booking a flight and all of a sudden you get hotel offers for the the city you're traveling to or vice versa you're doing a hotel and then you'll get oh here's flights to Baltimore or you're and I I see that a lot and sometimes you get a great like this great one-time deal that they throw you to hook you in combine your hotel with your flight or rental car and you see the travel industry gets this because Mm -hmm. that's where you're going now is you're going to a site to book your trip and they'll start popping you with offers and I mean it'll be two weeks later you've already gone on the trip and you'll go to Travelocity and they'll start Right. retargeting you and so i think they get that a lot better than banks do right uh but well, it's an active it's an active thing that you're gonna do well that and it's very temporary where banking is as we said you can't run people off so what are you doing to 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 show them value over that lifetime instead of squandering one the investment that you made to attract them to be interested in the first place so you spent money to get them to your website are you doing anything they didn't do any they didn't do any business with you are you doing anything to honor that investment that you made to get them there statistics tell me no that that you're not i see the data so then even with your current clients what are you doing to provide them value and there are several core core systems online banking systems that allow you to nurture cross sell and retarget in that system i'm not going to name names because you know <laughs> I'm not, but there are systems that are better than others that once you log into your online banking, it can help you predict, PFMs do this, help you predict new services and um, give you relevant examples. But, you know, I I would never tell anybody to turn or turn off their cookies um, because one, there is a liability that, uh, a very minuscule liability that bad things can happen with cookies. But um, Keebler elves. Yes, they, they can come out of the tree and put termites in your house. But that's not true. Keebler do not, or whoever owns Keebler, don't. Nabisco, probably. Nabisco, I don't, oh, don't right. sue us. They don't. Keebler elves are awesome. Bring back the cartoons. Loved it. Where's that been? Eel fudge. Oh, they're so good. Those little cookies. But it, this is like the argument of um, turn turn um, your ad blocker off. People have, or entities have gotten, especially news entities, that will say your ad blockers own, look, we're not going to charge you for this page. If you turn your, you got to turn your ad blocker off because we pay for this with, with advertisement. I, I think that's a good message right now. Like we won't charge you for this if you just agree. To turn I get your, a lot of those yeah. actually, and I, look, the big brother thing doesn't scare me because if you, you know, identity thefts, identity theft, it can happen. What are they going to do with the information that's not identity? My theft? thing is, you read, you've heard me if you've ever listened to me speak on data. Uh, especially when I've gotten into the cryptocurrency conversation, people are like, oh, but it's anonymous. you got to give them all this information. 
You register for elect, for selective service when you're 18. You get a social security card. You can go back when you're born. All the times you register for school. Heck, when you sign up to play sports as a child, you have to on show a birth certificate. And for, on a piece of paper. On a piece like, of do, paper. You think do you think that, that park and rec is, is secure it, data more than a bank is? <laughs> yeah. You're giving them copies of your birth certificate so your child can be in the U8 league so they don't dominate, which is dumb anyway. But my, my point is, you've already released all this data to the world if someone wants it by the time you get there. And to be like, I don't want to turn on my cookies because they might send me relevant personal information on stuff I'm searching that helps lead me to the right thing faster. Yeah, th- this thing that I'm searching for, I might actually get a cheaper flight or a better software or whatever. And so I, Let know, the internet work for you. That's it. And if you don't like it, don't turn it on. But you, this, to, to you, banker, this is a thing that I'm telling you. I mean, I, well, I already said on one, there aren't just a proliferation of fantastic websites out there. Get an A in all five of these before you go out half-cocked on something else. Yep, it's all day. Fundamentals, number one. Attraction, number two. Onboarding, number three. Nurturing, number four. And retargeting, number five. Notice I didn't say M&A in there because all those would help you with an M&A. So you just put those five into your M&A strategy. Let's do a podcast on M&A. Tune in next time. Tune in next time as we merger and acquisition another podcast. Not really. You got anything else to say? Oh, I thought we were done. We are done. Bye. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.